there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour two on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. We're down a man. Marvin has jury duty. When's the last time you had jury duty? Seton, you went, and you really enjoyed the process. I just had it sometime within, like, the last few years yeah. I went. But I did, I did really enjoy it. It's the only time I ever had jury duty, but I thought it was awesome. What was the case about? Uh, it, was, it wasn't anything great. It was like uh, somebody was suing somebody over, uh, like, an a injury uh, from working out, I think it was. It had oh, something okay. to do with, like, a gym. And this guy was going to be, like, uh, trying to be a professional baseball player. And he sued this other guy who he thought injured him or something. And, but the guy ended up losing. And he was shocked. He was pissed. But I wonder, like, are they asking you, do you work out? Or you have, have you been in a gym recently? Are those questions they would ask the jury pool? They had all kinds of, uh, like, uh, Instagram and Facebook posts of, like, so this is you injured? This is you're lifting this and you're injured right now. And that's causing you to not be able to make a living? So they had, like, all this stuff. The guy wasn't. The guy really didn't help himself out a lot. <laughs> and he was shocked that, like, but this is like, like we, he ruined his baseball career. And they're like, yeah, but you're lifting like 300 pounds. Did he act injured when he was in court? Um, no, but he was, he was very upset. You know, maybe he might have acted a little like his back was bottom or something. But the guy who, the lawyer who ended up winning the case, though, yeah. was reprimanded many times about, like, sir, you realize this isn't a movie. Sir, this is not a TV show. We take this very seriously here because he was he was almost like point of order here, you know, like he was almost putting on a character and you know, like my like, cousin Vinny. We're like, oh my god, is this guy for real? <laughs> yeah, yeah, several times, uh, sir. This this is not a movie, sir. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, what? it's uh, it's hour two on this program. <laughs> Poll question, Todd. He's doing the duties today. If you were the Angels GM. Do nothing at the deadline or shop Shohei Otani. That's a lot of okay. shh from my situation. All right. Do we have a uh, poll question for hour two? Um, we were thinking about going with, um, how about this? I'd rather play with my kid against my kid off of LeBron and Bronny James. Okay. I'd rather play with my kid against my kid. Yeah, there's a mock draft that's out that has the Atlanta Hawks taking Bronny James, 17th overall. And LeBron, I think, acknowledged this mock draft with his son going to Atlanta. I'd rather play, I, I guess if the choice was playing with my son or against my son, if I'm LeBron, I would play against my son. I can still stay in L.A. I'm still making, I'll make $60 million being able to play and stay at home. I allow my son to be his own man. I think if you're on the same team, now I know that Ken Griffey Sr. and Jr. did that, but it didn't feel like Sr. was stunting the growth of, of Jr., if that was even possible. Um, yeah, Junior was bigger, better than his father. You know, Ken Griffey Sr. was a good player, but that was almost like a fun little thing. And they both homered, I think, in the same game. But, man, LeBron, LeBron comes in. He takes over the whole franchise here. Yes, he... 
There was just a video recently on social media of Dwayne Wade playing against his son, yeah. and he was just eating him alive, yeah. and like, and and talking so much trash. Like, wait, his son was roughing up Dwayne? No, oh, okay. no, Dwayne was his son, Dwayne Wade <laughs> was absolutely killing his son. Yeah, and uh, or I mean, you know, to be fair, that his kid did get off a shot, um, but and did make one, but Dwayne Wade was talking so much trash to him, and he was like, I don't care. I don't know. I absolutely, you know, there's not, that doesn't happen in baseball like it does in basketball. And the weird thing is Dwayne Wade's son is only six years of age, but, oh. you know, he did get, get a shot off against him, and <laughs> yeah. you got to appreciate that. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, if I'm Bronny, like privately, I would be like, Dad, you know, I know, know you want to play, same team, and I love you, but let, let me see if I can make it on my own here. Because it, do you really think LeBron's going to give up L.A. to go to whatever team drafts his son? I don't think so. And if I'm the Hawks, do I want that? Because I'm going to get LeBron for, what, one year? What's it cost me? Can I get him for two years? What's it going to cost me? You know? Then it's going to be, are we going to be good or are we just going to be sort of a sideshow? Hey, you get to come in and see LeBron and his son play. I don't want that. As much as I would love to have LeBron on my team... I don't want him coming in and you know, taking over the franchise for a couple of years. And are you going to trade him? What's it going to cost you to get him? But, uh, yeah, just a mock draft. like The first one I've seen, and LeBron acknowledged it. Shohei Otani homered twice, struck out 10. The Angels beat the White Sox. And uh, Clayton Kershaw took a no-hitter into the sixth inning. Dodgers blanked the Rockies 5-0. So Clayton Kershaw has a, a 2.40 ERA and starts after the team loses. That's the lowest by any pitcher with at least 100 starts since earned runs became official in 1913. That would be a stat of the data, stat of the day. Stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. Stop. 10 and 4 on the season, probably the leading candidate for the Cy Young. How when's the last time he won the Cy Young? Has it been uh, 9 years? Yeah, right. Yeah, you're right there. Uh Clayton Kershaw's last Cy Young was 2014. He won the Cy Young and the MVP. He was 21 and 3. Okay. Holy cow, with a 1.7 ERA. Okay. He won 3 out of 4 Cy Youngs from 11 to 14. He's been he hasn't been in the top 5 for Cy Young in about 5 years, but all his seasons are Above average, you know, 16 and 5, 12 and 3. Yeah. But 10 and 4 this year, okay. leading candidate. Right. What do you think? We're looking it up. The longest time between your first and last Cy Young. Feels like it would be Roger Clemens. Verland? Oh, well, yeah, it could be Verland. New guy. Yeah, Clemens makes sense, though. Yeah, but he was artificially enhanced. Um, he, he didn't have to give it back, though. No, no, no. They they don't take those. They don't have to give those awards back. That'd be interesting if you did. If you got busted for steroids and they had a ceremony, and they're like, yeah, that, like we're going to have a public ceremony where you have to give it back. Well, Reggie Bush, it wasn't a public ceremony, but basically had to find the Heisman Trophy and ship it back. Does the Heisman pay for shipping? Do they? They absolutely did. They, when Reggie Bush was asked to give his Heisman back, they sent him a prepaid slip and a package <laughs> in the box and said, set it back. Roger Clemens won his first Cy Young at age 23 in 1986. He won his last Cy Young of many at age 41 in Houston wow. in 2004. God, he won one in Houston. God, 18 years. Wow, wowzers. Yeah. That's going to be tough to beat. I'll check out Verlander. Yeah. Uh. Pat Sajak is retiring after four decades, and surprise, surprise, Ryan Seacrest is going to uh, somehow make time in his day to host Wheel of Fortune. I was surprised, although I did tell the Danettes that I had had some intel that Ryan Seacrest was going to get this job, and that there was a push for Pat Sajak's daughter to replace Vanna in uh, turning the vowels, but... I think Vanna's disappointed or upset. I'm told lawyering up. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, because I don't I don't know, does she want to host? Is she worried about not being able to stay in her role on Wheel of Fortune? Feels like there's a little more drama there. The phrase is civil suit. 
So they gave it to Seacrest pretty quickly. There was a, a few candidates. It's been speculative for about less than two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they've been working on this for a little while. Why him? You you know game shows. You know kind of their mentality. I just think that he... I don't think there's a negative with him. You know, when you look at Ryan Seacrest, I think people have positive opinion of him. He's nice, not controversial. He's great at landing planes. And by that, I mean with an American Idol or when he was on, you know, the morning show. Uh, he, he's very good at being able to have traffic and... Uh, you know, keep things organized. He's got a great demeanor. I, I really enjoyed, when I was around him at the London Olympics, I really enjoyed him. He had no attitude whatsoever. He wanted to learn. Uh, he said, I'm new to this. Uh, if you can help me, you know, understand what I need to do when I'm anchoring. Um, and I thought he was very pleasant. He's pleasant with people. Uh, so I'm, I'm guessing, I would I have gone with something different? Yeah, I would have. It doesn't seem like it was really, but that's a, an inspiring choice there. It was just like, uh, who can we get? Uh, you know, Ryan, you know, he's not hosting enough shows. Let's give him one more. Yeah, Seton. Yeah, this is sort of like the second big property that he's taking over from uh, Legend, right? Because he also has uh, New Year's Rock and Eve, which he took over from Dick Clark. Yeah. Once Dick Clark wasn't doing it anymore. That's mm -hmm. It might only be one night a year, but that's a big, those are big shoes to fill. That was that Dick Clark is an institution. That night he invented it practically. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't I mean does it matter who is the host? Like when you think about it, do you tune into Wheel of Fortune because of Pat Sajak? Or do you tune in because you're trying to solve the puzzle? I think people tuned into Jeopardy because of Alex Trebek hosting Jeopardy. I haven't watched Jeopardy since then. And it's, it's, it's not a reflection on the people who are the host. It's just, I liked watching Alex Trebek do Jeopardy. And I would tune in to see Alex Trebek do Jeopardy. And became friendly with Alex later in his life when I was doing sports Jeopardy. Um, so, you know, maybe that was a little territorial. But if I stumble upon Wheel of Fortune, I'm not going to not watch it because of Ryan Seacrest. I may not watch it because of Ryan Seacrest. Or I might in the beginning... And then I'm curious if Pat Sajak's daughter comes in or they get somebody else who comes in there. Then I'd just be curious. I'd do a drive-by. Yes, Eden. But I think that there's something to... I don't know if you watch those shows because of those people, but there's a comfort to knowing that those are the people there. Right? Like... Um Price is Right has gone on since and is still doing very well, but Bob Barker was a massive part of that, even so much that you knew that you had to spay and neuter your animals. Because yeah. he said it at the end of every show. Yeah. He, was, he was a huge part of that. I feel like... Pat Sajak is too. He's a he's the guy. Yeah, but are you not tuning into Prices Right because Drew Carey is doing it now? No, but it's a little bit of a different show. Yeah, because he's a comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. different guy. But I mean, right? The, the the show as an institution is still strong. But I think because I think Drew Carey does a really good job with that too. But Steve Harvey, I'm tuning in because Steve Harvey is doing Family Feud. Yeah, he makes it. And Richard Dawson was wonderful. Yep. But Steve Harvey is the reason why I'm tuning in. He's perfect at that. Yes, he he's is. great. Yes. And and there are certain people that just host those shows who are really, really good at it. And and it's not easy. Jeopardy is not easy. It is. It, that's a difficult, of all the shows, and that's the one show I said that I would have left SportsCenter to do. And I wasn't offered the job. I was, I was offered it if Alex was going to step down. And this was years ago when the head of Sony, Steve Mosco, called me and said, hey, I want to meet you in New York. And then he told me what it was about. And he said, would you consider hosting Jeopardy? And I said, yes. Uh, he's, and he said, but only if Alex steps down. And then Alex did not step down. He resigned. And then that was it. Uh, I realized that that was my one opportunity. Price is right. They went to Bob Barker and said, would you sign off on Dan Patrick hosting Price is Right? And he said yes. And they were going to set up a meeting where I was going to meet with Bob Barker. And that's when I was given a basically a take it or leave it. They didn't tell me the salary. And it was just I was covering the NBA finals. And I said, no, no, I, I don't want this. And then they went out and got Drew Carey, who's done a great job and a better job than I would have. You know, yes. Yeah, what makes uh, Jeopardy so difficult to do? 
okay, you have to find the clue on the board. So when they they throw something out at you and they'll take uh, something for six hundred, and then you got to find it. Then you got to read it. You got to make sure that you are reading it correctly, pronouncing everything correctly. See, that's the thing that would scare the crap out of me is pronouncing everything the right way. It was tough for me, and I did one hundred episodes of Sports Jeopardy with the same people who do Jeopardy. And I was in great hands. But knowing sports the way I know sports, it was still the traffic of trying to, and, and they don't go in order. It's not like, uh, hey, uh, 100, uh, 200. It'll be like 100 here, 800 here, 200 here. And then you're like trying to get everything. And it, it happens so fast. And then you're listening. Did they get the right answer? Did they say it in, in the correct way? Did they, you know, yeah, question yeah. for, like all of this stuff. And watching Alex do it and understanding what that is like, I was extremely impressed with his ability to do it and be so sharp. Because the pronunciation, that was the key. Because there'd be stuff that, you know, uh, you know be uh, Mesopotamia. And, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the king, King Buddha Bada in Akira. <laughs> and you'd be like, I don't know. Okay. Did I say that right? But you get the boards, and you're doing five shows a day. So would you study the answers yes. beforehand? Yes. So you 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 didn't you can't memorize them, but you had a rough idea yeah. of these are the categories, these are the answers. You get this is a tricky spot. This one might trip me up or whatever. You'll go and do one show, and then you'll have a break where you change what you're wearing. And then you'll go back out like, you know, 40 minutes, 30 minutes later that you do another show. And so you have to do five. So you usually do two shows, take a break for lunch, and then do three shows after that. You're in there at nine and you're probably out at four or five in the afternoon. Uh, and it, it, it's a grind. Uh, but, you know, you're working 50 days out of the year, but those 50 days, you're really working. And I was really impressed with what I saw. I thought Tony Reale would have been an unbelievable Jeopardy host. I really, he, he's great on camera, sense of humor, he's smart, energy. He would have been ideal. I mean, Ken Jennings was great on Jeopardy as a contestant. He's not a, a good host. Um, you know, he's a very smart man. But that, you know, the personality is what you need to have with those shows. And, you know, Pat Sajak was great at, at have a little bit of snark, a little bit of sarcasm. Uh, but, you know, it, it worked. It just certain people in those shows, they just work. And I, I, I admired, he did it 40 years. 40 years. And while it lo does look easy, it, it probably is a little more difficult than you think. I wouldn't know it. I never did it. But I, it, I'm guessing there has to be a little bit of degree of difficulty. That's part of the talent, right? Is making yes. it look easy. Yes, yes. It, 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 that was the our goal on Sports Center was to make this look like it's the best job in the world every single night. It wasn't, and it was difficult at times. But you wanted to give the presentation of those guys are having all the fun. Yeah, Paul. I still watch Jeopardy, and I think Ken Jennings does a solid job there, but it's just, it's somewhat off-putting that the smartest guy in the room is always the host. No matter how good the contestants are and how much they're running through the board and they win five nights in a row, like, well, it's not that guy. Yeah. It's still not that guy because he's the king of all time. I think that's a little, it's odd sometimes. And Alex Trebek would tell me that the one question he would always get, how many answers do you know? And he said, I only need to know the answer to that, you know, that clue. That's it. So he said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up to speed on a lot of things, but that's not my job. You know, my job is to present everything to you, to keep it, you know, on, on, uh, on track, on time, on the rails. Yes, Eden. Right. Well, that would be, uh, I guess, the difference between Alex Trebek and Ken Jennings is Alex Trebek, you could sit and watch and be like, if you weren't a fan of his, be like, he only, he thinks he's so smart because he knows all the answers. <laughs> you know, this other dude, Ken Jennings, he proved he, it. He does know all he the He actually answers. went through the boot camp, <laughs> proved that he knew all the answers, beat everybody, and you're like, that guy actually does know all this stuff. Yeah, so Ryan Seacrest, host of uh, Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, Paul. He took over for Dick Clark. He took over, he's going to take over for Sajak. He took over for Regis Philbin. I'm worried, Dan, if you go, he oh, might be hosting he, the show. he's lingering, well, if... <laughs> If I was doing Sports Center and all of a sudden he was lingering out in the parking lot, I'd be like, okay, he's coming for my job.
He, not, you're not coming for this one. Walks by. Da-na-na, da-na. Yeah. Yes, right, yes, Todd. Yes, Todd. You, you think Wheel of Fortune spills into Pat Sajak's personal life? Like, honey, do we have any uh, of those ketchup packets? Uh, yes, we have three ketchup packets. Bling, bling, bling. So that's what you've been waving your hand for me to call on no, you for I was, the last I had, couple I, of minutes? I had to, the moment passed on like three other things I wanted to say. Oh, so that's the best one of the that three? The best one of the group. All right. Thank you, Todd. All right, let's take a break. We'll talk some football. Tim Hasselbeck from The Mothership will join us coming up here right after this Dan Patrick Show. Year 5, Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting at Full Sail University. They have a campus in Orlando, Florida. Or you can earn your degree online. Your degree is in sportscasting. Not broadcasting, not communications, sportscasting. We want to teach you how to do this, whether it's in front of the camera, behind the camera. You want to be a producer You want to be a director, cameraman. You want to be a sideline reporter. We want to prepare you to get a job. Hands-on experience, practical experience. So when you graduate, you're ready for a job. We have grads working all over the country, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, even smaller markets. And uh, I don't look at, you know, are they small jobs? They're all big jobs to me. Get you to get experience, and that's the most important thing. And at Full Sail, you can earn your bachelor's degree in about half the time, as short as 20 months. You can do it online or Full Sail's campus in Orlando, Florida. To learn more about the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, go to fullsail.edu slash danpatrick. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the. I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what too is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. 
They say good things come to those who wait. The Mercedes-Benz SUV family proves otherwise. Takes no time at all to set up a test drive your local Mercedes-Benz dealer. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Last hour, I misspoke. E-me, I thought that uh, the Saudi Arabia, uh, Saudi Arabian, uh, the public investment fund, they had bought into Man City. And uh, they're actually Newcastle, I believe, is their uh, soccer team. Is that, uh, is, it? is that it? Got it right? Okay. All right. Thank you, Seton, for uh, correcting me. In front of everybody. Yeah, literally. Yes. In front of. I waited for everybody to come around. <laughs> so I could be, oh, by the way, Dan, yeah. one quick thing. Yeah. Uh, that, that segues nicely into Tim Hasselbeck, ESPN uh, analyst, former NFL quarterback. You can see him on this just in at 2 Eastern on the mothership, NFL Live at 4 Eastern. Tim was uh, cut on hard knocks when he was with the Ravens. And um, now, do you have any, any say in that footage being aired that you get? I mean, it's humiliating enough to get cut, but you got cut on TV with cameras rolling. Hey, no, I had no say, Dan. The funny thing about it was I actually was cut by the, the Bills, I don't know, three weeks prior, right? So, like, that one hurt my feelings. I was like, man, I don't know. I'm ever going to recover from this. And then I go to the Raven. <laughs> there's hard knocks, and it's like cameras following you around everywhere. And I'm sitting there, and Brian Billick's like, hey, man, like this doesn't mean it's forever, but it's just up with us. <laughs> but to make it worse, like, literally to make it worse, I don't know if it was, was scripted to this, like totally humiliate me. But it was like a big – a big van, like, oh, it's not bad, like a bus, like a like a coach bus that probably seats 65 people. I rode it by myself <laughs> to the airport. Like, I was like, how much salt do you want to pour into the wound, fellas? Golly. Uh, as you can tell, as you can tell, I'm over it. I'm over it. Is there yeah. an easy, easier way to cut people? Or a worse way to cut people? I mean, this is, it's it's TV, yeah. and they're trying to make yeah. good TV, and I'm sure it was good TV. Yeah, no, I think that, that's a good point. My situation was this. Like, I actually knew I wasn't going to make the team, yeah. right? Like, it was Randall Cunningham, Elvis Gerback, Chris Redman was there. Like, I was a camp arm for sure. Matt Cavanaugh was the quarterback coach, and he was actually a teammate with my dad at one point at the Giants. So, like, I had a good relationship with him. So I was like, hey, like, y'all cutting me this week or next week? Like, <laughs> I knew I was out. But, like, but I still don't know if there's, like, an easier way to do it, to be like, hey, man, like, come on in here. Like, you're out. Like, you're fired. You're out. We yeah. don't want you here. But, like, I, I think no matter how delicate you are with it, how much you know that it's coming, it still sticks. Okay. The Jets makeup. You got a lot of young players. And you got a young coach, and then you got Aaron Rodgers. Help me understand, if you're hard knocks, what would you be focusing on? And how do you think that affects a team like that? Yeah, well, listen, I definitely think it can affect the team. People can say whatever they want. Like, everyone is fully aware of the cameras, fully aware of them. And, and then when stuff airs, just because of the nature of some of the things that they give access to, you know, like you'll hear a personnel meeting or coaches talking about a practice. Like, listen, you know, football players come across as like tough guys, whatever. But man, guys are sensitive. So the minute, you know, they hear a conversation that, you know, isn't complimentary, guys catch feelings fast. And so I think that, you know, what things you want to focus on probably if it were me, like how people are responding to Aaron, you know, like, like what Aaron's interaction is with young players, you know, our guys, uh, you know, how, how do they respond if he yells at them? Things of that nature I would focus on. Um, but I also think, too, like, I'd be shocked if you get a lot of access to Aaron, yeah. right? And so it's going to be everybody around him. See, I think that Zach Wilson would be the fascination for me with Hard Knocks, that I would focus on him almost as, you know, trying to learn, absorb whatever he can from Aaron Rodgers. What do you think of that, yeah. that plot? Uh, listen, I think it's a great idea because I think you would learn. And honestly, just because it's access that other people want to get, it would tell the rest of the league a lot about Zach Wilson, right? So if, if his future is not with the Jets, how Zach handles, interacts, absorbs everything, yeah. I think if I were somewhere else, 
would give me a lot of information whether or not I was going to let him try to revive his career where I was. How does it not go well for the Jets? You know, I think just because, like, when there's change, there'll be, um, like, a likelihood of, you know, some type of growing pain. And then I would also say this, Dan, that I think is is interesting. Like, the Jets, like, they haven't been the biggest game on the schedule for everybody. Like, I don't care if, it's like, when they play New England, like, you know it, like, it's going to be, oh, hey, the greatest coach versus Aaron Rodgers. And then when they play uh, Buffalo, it's, hey, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers. And then when they, like, every game on their schedule, like, the, the volume that the NFL, in terms of how big they make the game that week, is going to be significant. So, like, what is, like, just the, the emotional stamina that that football team has when they haven't gone through it, you know, with a lot of young players? to be up and kind of like be the hunted every single week because Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback and it's going to feel like the biggest game of the weekend. We get caught up in chemistry and leadership. And I always thought, like Cal Ripken once said, hey, if I go out and perform, then I'm leading. Like, watch what I do, how I do it. And Aaron Rodgers strikes me as that. I don't know if he's a rah-rah. Hey, guys, come on over. We're going to have beers. We're buddies and all those things. As much as he is... Just watch me do it. Yeah. Uh, is, is that a fair assessment of Rogers' approach to being a quote leader or you know the focal point of a team? I think that's fair. I think what happens is guys get older. It is harder and harder to be like the hey guys, like we're all hanging out. Like as you get older and you're well into your thirties, you know you look back at some of these guys that are so much younger than you, and like you're just not in the same stage of life. You're not interested in the same thing. You know, as a quarterback, like financially, you're in a completely different stratosphere than a lot of the guys that you would be hanging out with. And so I think it changes. Like, I don't care if it was Peyton Manning. I don't care if it's Tom Brady. Like, Tom Brady early on in, in New England is going to be a very different relationship than later in his career in New England. Like, I remember joking with my brother uh, when he was at the Colts. He was like, look, Andrew Luck is closer to my daughter's age than my age. <laughs> like, like, you just – like, it changes. And so I do think, like, there's a transition to, hey, look, just follow how we're practicing, how we're getting ready. Talking to Tim Hasselbeck, ESPN college uh, and uh, college football and pro football analyst, former NFL quarterback. You can see him with uh, Max Kellerman. This just in at 2 Eastern NFL Live at 4 Eastern. Give me the good team that could disappoint. Like, you're not – like, it teeters on, wow, this could be really good – or it could go south? Well, I'll give you, I mean, they're not the best, I don't think they're the best team in the division, but the Dallas Cowboys, right? So the NFC appears to be way more open, right? There's all this talk about, hey, Mike McCarthy's now going to call the plays. And look, Mike McCarthy's a successful coach, won a Super Bowl, he knows a lot of football. I think there's an underappreciation for how good Kellen Moore was for that offense. While Kellen Moore was calling plays in Dallas, they are second in the league in scoring to only the Kansas City Chiefs, which you cannot argue how good Kansas City has been offensively. And part of that span, there's there's a Cooper Rush era inserted in there. Like, I hope people know, like Kellen Moore, you know, kind of gets run out of town in Dallas, how good he was. I think we could see Dallas's offense take a step backwards. Like, I think that's a team that obviously everyone's talking about Philadelphia and their high aspirations for people, um, you know, in terms of the 49ers and how they see them. But look, like Dallas should be a good football team. And like, that's another team for me. Like, what does that offense look like? Like, are they really like, are they getting better or are they taking a step back? Um, I think they could take a step back. Trying to figure out, I, I talk about this, if Patrick Mahomes played for the Bears, He'd be a curiosity. He'd be he'd be a curiosity because they don't have weapons around him. He went to the right place. The the quarterback who goes to the right place and has the right coach and the right weapons uh, can dictate how successful you are. Um, and, and I find that interesting that there are certain quarterbacks who go. I I thought that David Carr had as much talent as I had seen, and he played for a terrible Houston team. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson went to the right place at the right time, uh, the right coach. Uh, and and I, I mean, the NFL is littered with quarterbacks who failed. 
But I think we sometimes forget that that guy was not in the right. Tim Couch goes to the Browns. They're not any good. I don't know if Tim Couch goes to a good team if he had a, a great career. You ever step back and go, you know, just the luck of some of these guys going to the right place at the right time? Look, there, there's no question about it. I'll use my brother as an example here again. Look, my brother's in Green Bay. He thinks he's getting traded to Miami, and it would have been like Dave Wanstad era in Miami. Instead, A.J. Feely goes to Miami, burns out, doesn't work out, and he gets to go with Mike Holmgren. And Mike Holmgren, you know, knew him. He knew that system. He had great success. You bring up the, the point about Mahomes. People forget he was a raw prospect, really raw. But he goes to, in my estimation, the, the best, you know, situation in terms of a guy that can coach quarterbacks. Look at who Andy Reid has helped play well. Like everybody, Donovan McNabb. I mean, look, Donovan McNabb, A.J. Feely, Coy Detmer, Michael Vick, Jeff Garcia. Like, like to, to me, Andy Reid has done a remarkable job with so many quarterbacks. And so I think Patrick going there, there's no question that that's been a benefit to him. But yeah, you're you're exactly right. Like I thought a similar thing with with uh, Eli Manning in New York. We put so much mentally on the quarterback with the Giants. Eli was a perfect fit for it. He was so smart. He saw things so well. Ben Roethlisberger. He was in a situation in Pittsburgh where they weren't putting as much mentally on him early on, and that was awesome for Ben because it was Ben throwing guys off of him because he missed a hot and then shooting the ball down the field. Like, that was perfect for Ben. So, yeah, I, I think the coaching fit for where a player is has a lot to do with that guy's success. Give me a play. If, if I said, give me, you know, give me a play that you called before that the audience might go, oh, my God. How do you remember <laughs> all of that? Like the verbiage of it? Yeah, now, just everything. We're, we're in the huddle. All right, let's go. Huddle up. Let's huddle. Go. All right, Dan, hey, hey, Dan, come on, get in here. Here we go. We're going to shift to uh, uh, a right uh, slot, um, 322 scout, Y stick lion, uh, alert, pullback 40. All right, on one, right? But here we go. Something like that. Hey, listen, it's been a long time, Dan. Like, listen, I probably just sounded, to, like, I got like a shift and a formation. <laughs> <laughs> And, and all that, did you call two plays there? Uh, I did, like an alert to, to a draw. But, like, you know what's funny is I always, like, think about this. The quarterbacks would gripe all the time, especially, like, a West Coast offense. You literally tell everyone what to do. And, like, I remember sitting in quarterback meeting rooms and be like, hey, can't these guys just learn? <laughs> like, why do I got to tell everybody everything that they've got to do? Did your voice ever crack at the line of scrimmage? Oh, listen, there, there was there was no question it would crack. I, I, <laughs> one of the things we did, it's another uh, Giants uh, experiment. We were playing the Colts. And, you know, one of the things the defense would do when they were playing Peyton Manning is they would hold their disguise, not based on what the offense was doing, but on the play clock. So the defense was actually playing paying attention to the play clock because you're going to hold your disguise until the ball had to be snapped because Peyton was just trying to read your mail. So we're doing scout team, and I basically <laughs> had to like just say nonsense. You know, I just was like yelling anything um, to kind of go through it. And uh, like at the time, I had like little kids, you know. So like I'm up there, and like you know, I'm running out of things to say. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know, hey, uh, whatever, you know, Dan Patrick, Dan Patrick, you know, hot route, hot route. But then I'm like running out of things to say, and like my daughter was like two years old, and I'm like. Dora, the explorer, swiper, no swiping. So you, you know, you just say the craziest thing. I'm sure there was a lot of cracking going on there, too. But Peyton changed – how many quarterbacks truly changed the game, in your opinion, uh, in the modern yeah. era? Well, Peyton no doubt did. Brady for sure did. The two things that those guys did – um, better than anyone that I – and I think Peyton was getting a lot of credit for for a long time because it was so demonstrative at the line of scrimmage, was getting into the right play up at the line of scrimmage, right? Like it was – you know, I joke with Jeff Saturday all the time. I'm like, you guys ran the ball well because Peyton never had you run into a bad look, you yeah, know? Yeah. So like – so he was so good at it. Brady, the same thing. He would see something, see a blitz, and adjust the protection. You know, like you go back further, it was, hey, a team was blitzing you. You just throw hot. Well, 
then people started to trap stuff, you know, off of a blitz. And so now it was a quarterback was like, oh, hey, you want to come after us? Like, we're going to block it up now and push it down the field. So, so those guys most certainly did. And then obviously now with the way, um, you know, design runs are becoming much more of a thing for quarterbacks and how that has to be defended, um, that's changing the game again, too. Yeah, I still look at, you know, Montana did with the West Coast offense, but, you know, he probably shared that, uh, you know, with his coaches. But Dan Marino, to me, mm-hmm. changed. He was doing what you guys are doing now. And he mm-hmm. was doing that back in the 80s. You know, five wide and, you know, shotgun. I mean, I don't know what he would do today. Dan Marino oh. from the 80s playing today would be yeah, pretty well, look, scary. I, yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I, I'll give you another guy I think changed the game a little bit too is um, Kurt Warner. Well, Kurt Warner in Arizona, okay? So like the rebirth of Kurt Warner. And I think Marino in this environment would have been remarkable. You basically get into a spread set. So whether it's two by two, like you're talking about four wide receivers, two by two set, and you could just call some type of scan protection, yeah. okay? where the quarterback has control of where he's going to put the back. So if there's an overload blitz somewhere, you can pick it up. And then you give full autonomy to the quarterback to signal the route he wants. I mean, that's what happened when, when Kurt Warner, I think, hope people understand, like I think he's in large part in the Hall of Fame because of what he did at the end there. Obviously, there was the Rams. But like, like that burst with Arizona was they would call a scam protection. Kurt would get up there and look at it. And, like, he was playing arena football again. He was looking. He was signaling over here, signaling over here. If you put Marino in that type of environment, like, good Lord. Like, I think (laughs) that he would just be shredding people. And Kurt Warner once told me, he said, I welcomed the Blitz. Because all I needed to know is where it was coming, and then I was going to, you know, hurt you. And, and, you know, because normally a quarterback's like, oh, I'm going to get Blitz. He was like, no, I welcomed it because it meant there was an opening there. And he took advantage of it. There was opportunity. A couple of things I'll say about that with Kurt. Like, he, I got, like, his toughness in the pocket. Like, you only want people to come after you if, like, you're all right getting drilled in the chest as you throw, like, an in cut. But so two things that allowed Kurt to want that is, one, he had so much courage in the pocket. He'd stand in there with anybody. And then his ability to anticipate was so good because Kurt didn't have this big, huge arm. He had plenty of arm, but it wasn't a huge arm. But what he had probably better than anybody I'd seen was he could throw the ball so early and anticipate where that guy would be. Yeah. And so, like, that, that is how you take advantage of stuff down the field when they're – because they're vacating that, that defense down the field well, the ball is out, and then here comes Larry Fitzgerald running into that window. Let's do this again. A great appearance, Tim. We really appreciate you sharing some knowledge. Thank you very much. Yeah, good to be on with you guys. See you. Tim Hasselbeck, ESPN college football analyst and former NFL quarterback, and of course got cut on hard knocks. You know, it's got to be bad enough. So he got cut, and then three weeks later he gets cut on national TV. Tim will be on uh, This Just In at 2 Eastern and NFL Live at 4 Eastern. Take a break. We're back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Polly Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. Of course, you know us as the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Polly and Tony Fusco Show. Yeah. Now, the suits at Fox Sports Radio gave us this airtime because they wanted us to tell you how great our show is. Why? Yeah, instead of us doing that, let's just let our millions of fans do the talking. Yeah, play the tape. You don't know crap about sports. I mean, why am I even on this crap? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's the wrong tape. Wrong tape. Just forget that. Look, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. 
And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to to discover and Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Sound the trumpets. It's horse racing time, so saddle up for all the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app Get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses. Then watch the races live right there on the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with the code DP. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS, 21-PLUS in certain states to open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DKHorse.com. Here's some interesting numbers. The last three seasons, Bryce Harper, 56 home runs, 166 RBIs, 29 steals. Mike Trout, 65 homers, 139 RBIs, 5 steals. Shohei Otani, 108 home runs, 259 RBIs, 48 stolen bases. Now, Harper and Trout had injuries, but you're looking at the production of two of the best hitters, highest paid hitters in the game, and Otani is better than them. And then you throw in what he does as a pitcher. The slugging percentages, about the same. So if if I take out the injury, we're just looking at what you do slugging percentage-wise, and uh, pretty similar. So Otani does that as well as anybody in the game, and then you throw in the pitching numbers, and that's why he is worth two salaries there. Uh, oh, whoa, okay. It's a little late, but yeah. you're on a roll, so. Okay, I must have been buttered. Yeah. Here comes that what? stat of the day. Uh, Jason in Kentucky joining us on the program. Good morning, Jason. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan, I've got an idea for the Dublin trip. Oh, okay. So, all right. So you guys, when you announced, Marvin said that all the guys in the back room super excited and you were like whoa 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 we're not sure who's going and i started channeling my inner poly morbid humor and thought wait have you ever heard of the show or seen the show designated survivor with Kiefer sutherland based on the premise that the president's delivering the state of the union he has to pick one he or she has to pick one person not to go god forbid something happens that takes over the country so the question for you is, who's the designated survivor that takes over the Dan Patrick show that has to stay behind in the event that something happens? It's both morbid but also exciting for the person that gets left behind. What do you think? Okay. All right. So it has to be uh, Jason. Very excited about that, by the way. Um, uh, thank you, Jason. So somebody is going to take over the show in case something happens to us. 
the designated survivor. <laughs> so, yeah, morbid. That means we all die. Oh. I guess. Or I die. We somehow don't come back. Hmm. I, uh, I think we would just fold up shop here. I think we would just make this a museum and just give tours. That would be it. Yes, yes, Todd. I was going to kind of vote for Mario there. That Mario is going to take over? Yeah. If we're he, talking about, you know, like if, if Dan and the Danettes are on this. He can't even do a 1215 podcast. <laughs> oh, as a wow. Host. That's, that's, a, not, that's, that's really not nice. He does them every week. I, no, but uh, well. Oh, that, oh you didn't say that. Yeah. He doesn't do them. I mean, he does that. Oh. He, he hosts the podcast. Final hour coming up. John Wertheim, 60 Minutes correspondent, was in Saudi Arabia. Got some interesting things to say about sports washing. Final hour coming up. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games, like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or Rent Frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 